Well, hi, Geneva Lakes Church family. Just want to cause us to continue to meditate upon the Passion Week. And we come to Monday. Uh, we follow up our text. Again, Matthew records it in Matthew chapter 21. Jesus comes into Jerusalem after staying the night in Bethany, just a couple miles away out of the city. And it says he went into the temple, verse 12. He went into the temple of God and drove out all of those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. We're reminded that the temple was the place where God commanded the people of God to worship him. It's a reminder that God can be worshiped, that God has made himself known, that he has revealed himself. But also the temple worship was clearly regulated. Throughout the Old Testament, we see that God uh, tells the nation Israel, here's how you're to build the tabernacle. Here's how you're to build the temple. Here's how I am to be worshiped. Here's how you're to offer sacrifices to me. Because God was showing that he was God, that he was worthy to be praised and to show that we cannot just come to him however we feel like, but we must come to him on his terms. But sadly, we see Christ's anger and um, frustration at the nature of how the worship of God had been distorted there on the Temple Mount. And uh, you can see by the, the picture here on the screen, it was not a small place. Uh, the, the greater Temple Mount uh, was expansive and had become a place where uh, the, the money changers for the travelers coming in began taking advantage. Of, and it was no longer a worship that was to be God-centered, but they turned it into personal gain. Sadly, don't we do the same thing? Don't we go to God looking at what we can get out of him? Uh, why do we worship him? Jesus rebuked the religious people of his day saying that they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Quoting the prophets, we can go through motions we can even not necessarily be like the money changers, really outwardly doing it for our own benefit. But do we look to God to see if he's going to serve us in a particular way? Do we go to God to worship him thinking, what am I going to get in return? And yet, even the definition of worship is simply stated worth-ship. A title uh, attributing worship to the one who is being worshiped. And isn't God an amazing and great God? The one who has created all things in Genesis 1. The one who is holy, as we'll see when we come to Moses at the burning bush and Isaiah in chapter 6. The, the holiness of God, and yet he has said, you can draw near to me, but here's how you're to do it. All of the temple sacrifices were a picture of what Christ was to come and to fulfill so that we might have access. And what an amazing joy it is that we now live on this side of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, that we can come to God, not based upon our own um, merit, 
But as Hebrews says, based upon our amazing high priest, Christ, who has entered the, the temple, who has provided a way of salvation, that we can come boldly before the throne of grace. But just as Jesus cleared the temple mount from all those seeking to benefit themselves from the worship of God, we too, maybe today, need to examine our own hearts and ask, how do I need to reform? How do I need to change? How, do, how have I been coming to God for my selfishness and not to just worship him, not to be satisfied in him alone? Now, one of the amazing blessings is that God is gracious. He supplies all of our needs according to his riches and mercy. But maybe we need to examine our hearts to come to a place to repent of our own sin, our sin that just like the the nation uh, in Jesus's time, we tend to take the things of God and distort it. We turn it towards ourselves, that we allow our sin, for all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And we've taken it and we put it upon ourselves. But the amazing promise is that as we come to God, as we confess our sin, where we have not measured up to his perfection, that there's an assurance, a a promise of forgiveness in Christ, that his death, just a few days later in our, our look in the Passion Week, his death will be sufficient. And we look back knowing it is sufficient. And so today, maybe God would be gracious to us to allow us to begin anew, to refresh, to repent, to ask the Lord as David prayed in Psalm 51, to create in me a clean heart, O God. So that when God sees our worship, whether it be privately, corporately, as a family, that it would not just be the outward lips moving, the outward actions, and that he sees our heart far from him, but that our heart would be stirred and in love with him, that our heart would be overflowing in adoration and praise to hear his word, to to sing of his glories, that he might be the one who is praised. I pray that you are encouraged today. Pray that this week is a blessing to you as we continue to consider the Passion Week of Christ.